Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Hour Blitz right here on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, on the biggest platform in podcast, iHeartRadio, and now on Global Women's Sports Radio and on Spotify as well. So you can subscribe to any of the podcasts on any of the platforms you want. And as always, right here on Block Talk Radio, your host Oscar Lopez here in the house. We have the salty one along uh, for this journey on 307, and uh, we are privileged to have IFAB president uh, Richard McLean here to talk about the state of the game in terms of the women's uh, scene in IFAB in terms of flag and tackle. And then in about an hour from now, we are going to be talking to CEO of the WNFC Seattle Majestics, Cindy Butts-Howden, on her bombshell news, no player fees uh, in the Majestics realm of things, which is kind of a good model to follow for WNFC. We'll see if the rest of the teams can kind of marry that uh some coaching changes as well we'll dive into the majestics 2020 for the wfc season and then we're going to talk to uh xfl 2020 which is coming up this week we're going to recap super bowl 54 unfortunately katie sowers and the, the niners did not get the win uh but a great season for them as well kansas city gets the win and uh so they uh, are the super bowl 54 champions we're also going to dive into Women's News and Notes International. There's a lot of events coming up here in February and March as we, we kind of tally up. And we got action in Spain, action in the U.K., and the final in Great Iron West. So all that to talk about in the next two hours. So let's bring in the uh, salty one here, Mackenzie Brooks. Uh, Mac, uh, Katie, the first, but not the first win. So got to get another crack at it at some point. But what a season for the Niners. Oh, man, Oscar, you know, as many of us were, you know, I was pulling for Katie and the Niners to, you know, try to pull off the win. That almost, that oh, man, they almost did it. I was so excited just to be able to say that I know somebody that's coaching in the NFL during the Super Bowl at that time. So being able to see her break another ceiling along with all the other women who have broken the glass ceiling of women coaching and having – big you know uh, big roles in in the NFL itself it's just it's it's refreshing to see and it's refreshing to see all the respect that she's been getting I mean obviously you know with with um, good intentions comes you know uh, haters and you know just critics but haters on Twitter really yeah (laughs) I know you know it's 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 crazy to think that you can have Um, you know a hater just a bunch of dumbasses on Twitter half the time, or 99% of the time, technically. But uh, oh, for sure. But what a moment for her, you know, to be in Miami. Um, not just you know to be the first, as she stated. You know, it's kind of a movement for her and to kind of represent that women can coach in the NFL. And then we get a bombshell, right? Right after the loss here, we're mourning that, and your boy Kittle doesn't get the the ring, and then Callie Branson's going to the dog pound. I don't know if that move's okay, but if anybody can turn the dogs around, I guess, or the the Browns around, it would probably be her. You know, and I was 
I'm not even, I'm to be honest, I'm not even upset that the Chiefs won. Like, I, like, the Chiefs are one NFL team that I can actually say I don't have any malice or hate towards. Um, because most of their fan base is pretty true to themselves, pretty true to their team. They're either ride or, you know, they're ride or die or they're really you know, loyal. Wagon fan. Yeah, the loyalty for the tribe is just outstanding. And, and I think that's why I wasn't so distraught or upset for, mm-hmm. you know, that the Chiefs won. Um, I think on the other side with my guy, GK, I wanted, I wanted George Kittle to get his ring so bad. But honestly, um, I think the Niners are there. Like they're, they, I mean, obviously they're there because they made it to the Super Bowl. I think they just need to be a little bit more consistent. And I mean, those of us who've played football or any kind of long-lasting, you know, kind of deteriorating sport for your body knows that, you know, your body's probably all the way broken down and then some by the time the playoffs and Super Bowl comes. So, you know, both teams, both teams, it was a good game. I mean, you know, the 49ers got out on top and stayed on top for a while, and then. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill just and Andy Reid just you know willed themselves back up into the top and then ended up flipping it around and beating them by eleven points. You know it's just it's crazy. Is it you think a, a ghost as all the national media is saying that uh, Kyle is having some sort of you know issue with when it comes to the big game losing against the Patriots now losing against the Chiefs. Um, swaying away from the running game, going with the passing game. Garoppolo really not on point, um, missed catches. So there was just a lot more mistakes on the Niners side on the, in the second half that really just gave the uh, Kansas City life. And once you do that, you know, as talented as Mahomes was and his trio, it was just a, a matter of time. And even there was not that much time, and they came back and pretty impressive, you know, if you think about it. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, I mean, I guess it's not really unfortunate because you know, inconsistency comes any from mm-hmm. anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter if it's sports or, um, you know, or you know, life in general. It's just, you know, I mean, it's, things happen. Oscar, I think you know, it's, I think it's worse, you know, you get comfortable. So this is one and done. It's not like the NBA series or the Major League Baseball. You know, I mean, it's not like a series. In other words. This is like this is a game that you got to be up for. And I was, uh, one of my friends said, "Hey, do you think the Chiefs' defense being disrespected maybe had something to do with it? Because they were not talking about the Chiefs' defense. They were talking about how the Chiefs' defense was was horrible, and they were umping the Niner defense. And here are the results: is they actually showed up on Sunday. Yeah, and and I think that's what what it was. It was it was more or less how I think how the Chiefs defense was going to match up with the Niners offense more or less so than the Niners defense and the Chiefs offense but we saw it was really both it was both sides it was literally mm-hmm. you know I mean the first first three quarters two and a half quarters of the game were I mean, the Niners were pretty much dominating the entire time and then you turn around and after you know after kickoff for the second half Chiefs just came barreling back, barreling back, barreling back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has just – he just has so much grit. Like, I love that kid. Like, I – like I said, I am happy for him. I'm happy for the Chiefs. I'm happy. I have a bunch of Chiefs friends, and I – like, I – you know you know me. I love to troll. I love to ruffle feathers. That's what I do. I'm the queen of salt. 
But I really couldn't even troll. I couldn't really say anything because they literally, the Chiefs literally disproved, well, everybody, not just me. I mean, I had the Niners winning by 10 and Kansas City won by 11. So, you know, what do well, I know anymore? Me, me and Nate took the Chiefs yes, uh, last week because – we, I said it, it was going to be the difference was going to be whether that uh, Kansas City defense actually came to play, and it really was a difference maker. They were pass rushing. They were basically in Galapagos' face. They contained the run. Um, and then that one third and 15, just just brutal. I mean, up, up to that point, everything was somewhat, you know, still even keel. But you get that three, uh, you know, three and fifteen, and they get they capitalize on that in terms of the Chiefs, and that was it. I think that was the difference. It kind of opened up everything, and then from there, it's like uh, San Francisco seemed a little rattled. Yeah, I think I think once Kansas City and to be honest, once they scored their first touchdown um, of the game, you know, it was kind of like, oh, hey, welcome to the game. You know, got off. They finally got off the plane. You know, got off the bus or whatever. You know, whatever crazy phrase that you want to use in terms of being lackadaisical, that's kind of what Kansas City was up until they scored that first touchdown. And I think after they scored that first touchdown and then turn around and Jimmy G throws a pick, and then it uh, kind of just all goes downhill for for the Niners at that point because they were they would be consistent for a little bit, get first downs, and then kick a field goal. That was the first that was the first series of the opening you know, the opening kick of the Super Bowl. And then, you know, running game starts to work. Mostert starts, you know, running the ball, pounding down the throws. GK starts catching balls, getting receptions, you know, the normal forty nine er offense that we've been seeing all year. And then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs decide, Oh, okay, like we're like we're still in this game, guys, like we're here and the entire time, um, on the sidelines you know, reporters were saying that Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you can see it as they were doing this, you know, the sideline footage that Patrick Mahomes was saying, we're still in this. We got this. Keep your heads up. You know, we're, you know, we're so and so behind. You know, we're, we're still there. Fourth quarter, fourth quarter. And fourth, the fourth quarter, they just ball out. And now they're the NFL world champions for 2020. Um, Mackenzie, we've got XFL coming up here in a week. So kind of interesting to see what's going to happen. You go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. There's a article from USA today, 10 players to watch in the, uh, obviously the second relaunch of the XFL 2020. So check it out and go there. But a lot of uh, former NFL players are going to show up in uh, XFL, just like they, some of them were in AAF, but uh, you know, one week from now, we are going to see Vince McMahon's uh, relaunch of XFL and see how, it does uh, if it's a season or if it's going to be three seasons as projected and funded for. Yeah. You know, I'm after the very, the very first initial conversation we had back on, you know, the first, the first show of 2020 for, you know, gridiron blitz pod. uh, I started thinking, you know, I was, I'm still not too sure how I feel about it, but you know, my being a football fanatic and, you know, player of the sport, I'm interested to see how the differences in rules and differences in just structure itself is going to work. Um, I think it's going to work out pretty well. I just don't know how well it's going to, if it's going to click right away, you know, because there's always going to be like those first couple games that really make it mesh together and really make it, um, you know, kind of get the kinks out you know, thing kind of, I mean, the base, like the basic start to a new season of any sport, if you will. 
So I'm kind of interested Next. to see um, how. Are it you goes. adapting? Are you adapting the Battlehawks as your XFL team here? As I'm doing the Wildcats yeah. in LA and yeah. the Dragons <laughs> yeah. up in all these realms. So is it the Battlehawks for you for XFL? Yeah, it is. It's not Dallas yep. Renegades. No, <laughs> uh, I lean. You know, I leaned. I leaned towards Dallas, but obviously because I'm a Cowboys fan, America's team. But I gotta branch out a little bit, Oscar. You know, I can't just stick to one. Yeah. You know, one region. I gotta kind of. I just don't like the bit, so. colors. Go. They're not like LA colors, uh, so it's kind of like it's kind of a weird mix of colors. But anyways, um. Uh, yeah, I'm not McKenzie, a fan of, of the Battle Hawks colors either. Yeah, and I, we don't know if they'll stay. Uh, that was uh, Nate's point uh, last week was, you know, is there enough fanfare in St. Louis for a, um, you know, a team to be there? Because they they schedule themselves in all the major markets that have NFL teams, which is ideal. But St. Louis is really the oddball. Um, we'll, need, we'll see how hungry, you know, St. Louis fans are for a re- the return of football. Yeah, I think I think the the need and um, demand for football back in St. Louis is going to be a lot bigger than we think. Uh, and then you know, obviously, with the Rams re re relocating back to Los Angeles, uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of curious fandom. I don't think there's going to be a lot of you know, the loyal fandom that we're used to with St. Louis having a football team. But I think once the XFL grows into what we think it's going to, I think the fandom there is going to grow spontaneously and very, very fast. All right. So uh, if you guys haven't gone to the Hub, you go to the Hub weekly, daily. It's the place to be. It is the best network on the planet. And that's where you get all the information that you got to have. So, uh, Mac, uh, we'll catch you here next week. Thanks for coming in, talking Super Bowl 54, and uh, we'll touch base next week. We are going to be going into the No Joe Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Zazzle's been our sponsor for over six years. Go to the shop at the No Joe Football Shop. Get your gear there, leggings, uh, T-shirts, tanks, hoodies, gifts. Uh, Shout-out to Nancy Guerra of the IWFA in Texas for supporting our leggings. Uh, You can check it out on my story and also check it out on our No Joke Football story. Um, so thanks to Nancy Guerra uh, for doing what she does and for being an outstanding baller in Texas and now also sporting and supporting our brand. So you can go to the No Joke Football shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, and you get the uh, daily codes there. You can save up to 20% off. Sometimes you can save up to 40% off. If you get the Zazzle Black uh, for free shipping, you pay 10 bucks and you get free shipping for 12 months. So check it out. Go to Zazzle.com for Saskatoon Beauties and go to the No Joke Football Shop. All right, let's go into the huddle. And we're going to be talking to probably the most important person on the planet in terms of uh, the international scene, uh, besides maybe Roger Goodell and the CFL. And that would be uh, the president of the IFAB. Uh, that would be Richard McLean. Uh, Richard, how you doing? Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year. It's uh, good to be on finally. Yeah, I'm a busy man. I know. Uh, I, it's just uh, the way it goes sometimes, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, uh, no, no problem. It's it's uh, it's been a, a busy year. It's been uh, uh, kind of a, a rebuilding year for for international football and, and a, and a re, really refocus on on growth and on 
uh, creating some long-term planning, um, which is uh, which is which has been has been needed. And of course, uh, uh, you know, with with the uh, the uh, improvements in in the women's game and with the with the amount of focus now that's on 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 females in our sport, it's been a, it's been an actually a, a it's going to be an exciting few years as we kind of build out our uh, strategic plan and. And and look at increasing competitions, increasing competitions uh, in in every continent, um, and, and and focusing on uh, on both the tackle game and and the flag game, and it, and it's really uh, you know lots of good plans now, and and, and kind of a roadmap to uh, to uh, success in uh, in uh, 2028, and and potentially in Los Angeles. It's it's going to be an exciting uh, exciting few years. Richard, uh, can you? Let our audience know a little background for you. Uh, you know where you came from. I know you were Football Canada before, and then we yeah. we had the two split of the IFAB brand, and now we have a union once again. You know, kind of forward vision. So you let the fans know exactly you know your background and where you stand today. Uh, sh- sure. Um, I, I've been involved in football administration for probably almost 30, 30 years now. Um, Started off in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's on the east coast of Canada, um, and, uh, and and was president of our of our provincial uh, football federation for for about a decade, and got on the board of Football Canada. I uh, was on there the board for for a few years, and then was elected president of uh, Football Canada, and uh, and then was uh, was on the IFAF uh, uh, board, and then was elected uh, president of of the International Federation of American Football. So. Um, we, we have gone through some some issues and and we've we've resolved those uh, uh, and we're back uh, you know working with the IOC and with uh, with the various uh, multi-sport games and, and various bodies uh, in international sport um, and and looking at uh, you know improving our, our our compliance and our and our like our water compliance with the drug testing and, and getting kind of ticking all the boxes to get the full recognition by the IOC. Uh, in, in the next little while, so it's uh, it, it's been a very interesting uh, experience for me. Um, you know, coming coming from football countries and then dealing with uh, with with countries that are just emerging and, and really want to have uh, to have football and have both uh, male male and female athletes in their countries. Uh, you know, you know, looking to improve the game, and it's uh, it's been a it's been a very good a very exciting experience. Richard, yeah. are you assessing? each uh, body for its work already? In other words, you know how you have like different tiers where, you know, America's pretty established, yeah. Canada pretty established, Mexico probably established, you know, because they got collegiate ball on the men's side or right. at this point, some of them have, you know, pretty good women's programs. So is that the assessment mm-hmm. that IFAB or that's the change that you guys are going through, like more of a vetting process to, to see if there uh, certain yeah. programs so- are viable? Right. So, so what we've done was we've created three tiers of membership. For, so, for for just uh, uh, new countries or groups in, groups in countries that, that want to be a, an affiliate member, we have that uh, that mm-hmm. ability. And those are those are ones that aren't like uh, recognized by their Olympic committees, or they don't have a, you know they don't have a, a national championship, or they don't have uh, leagues. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of starting out, and they can they have an ability to become a member now. And then we have associate members who are kind of a higher just a higher tier and then we have a full member so so we're we're uh trying to broaden out the, the membership categories that way 
And then, of course, uh, part of it is building your, your infrastructure uh, to be a full member. You have to have uh, male programs. You have to have female programs. You have to have male championships, female championships. Um, so that's part of uh, part of the new criteria we put in there for uh, for a gender balance and, and to, to make sure as, as we move forward, um, you know, if we're looking at a multi-sport games, looking at going into an Olympics, we have to have uh, a full complement of male and female um, uh, athletes and teams participating. And so... Um, if you if you've seen our world championships uh, in flag mm-hmm. and in tackle, um, you know both of those are very competitive and, and and very very exciting. And the football is 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 uh, improving uh, greatly. The, the women's game is is now you know Canada versus United States when we played in Langley, BC, in uh, 216 was was an unbelievable game. Uh, and our and our flag our flag uh, champion world championships uh, in Panama. Um, Two years ago was uh, was you know exciting, and you know you got thousands of people watching it and uh, crowd cheering the, the, the home team. And uh, Panama was the defending world championships champions, and uh, and it's uh, you know it's it's an exciting game um, and, and some great some great prospects for the future uh, of us of us uh, looking at a Pan American Games, looking for for North, for North and North and South America, uh, looking at uh, IOS uh, Olympic competition. Um, and then just building our own world championships out uh, and increasing the popularity of those. So it's it's uh, you know there's there's lots of doors opening and we haven't kind of hit any any uh, roadblocks yet, which is you know positive. Richard, where is the strongest uh, atmosphere? Is it is it Europe at this point versus the North American continent? Uh, for you guys, well, for for us after after. Uh, uh, North America would would be the pro, pro, would be the probably the most or the, the the region with the most countries that are at the same level, if if you want to okay. if you want to say that. They, so they have a they have a much easier time at, at hosting uh, European championships, um, you know women's women's uh, European championships, flag championships, um, than than the rest of the continents. The rest of the continents have a few countries that can that can you know, muster that up right now and get to the championship, but. They don't have the you know the seven, ten, twelve countries that are going to go to a continental championship, say in flag football, or or uh, you know half a dozen countries that are going to go for for tackle football. So part of our part of our, our drive right now is to ensure that in the, uh, in the in the flag game at least that we get it off the ground now and we start looking at you know ha- having uh, your uh, uh, American championships and. Uh, Asian Oceania uh, championships, and so that's uh, part of our strategic plan of moving forward. The feeder system, Richard, you think it comes through flag for the women's game to advance to uh, maybe a, how the men's game has been so prominent? Do you think that's going to be the um, feeder system for IFF? You know, if, if if we're talking, really, I look at them as two separate strands. I don't I don't look at the at the at flag as a feeder system for. For tackle and, and and actually, I think um, what you're what we'll probably see is that there'll be a strand of flag, um, mm-hmm. a strand of kind of non-contact, and people will stay non-contact for their whole football careers. And mm-hmm. you'll see a, uh, people will, will potentially, when they're younger, start as a flag player, but they'll become uh, um, you know an elite at a, as a tackle player, and then maybe transition out of tackle into flag as they get older. And I think that that's that that we're not going to see kind of the 
people move from flag because flag is, is starting to, you know, not the non-contact game is starting to stand on its own. So you don't, you, you, there wouldn't be a reason to transition. So you can stay at, because you can stay at flag. And then uh, if you want to, if you want to uh, start tackle, start tackle. But I don't think that there's going to be that kind of easy transition. I think they're really going to be two standalone disciplines. And some people are, you know, I'm, I'm six foot five and 300 pounds. I wasn't a flag player. <laughs> I was a tackle right. player. So, you know, that, that, the idea that tackle still can, can um, bring in a, a range of, of body types, of sizes, shapes, uh, it, it, it's, it's still, that's something that's not available in a non-contact game. And, you know, you kind of liken it to, to, uh, to rugby, uh, where rugby can be right. all different sizes and, uh, and sevens rugby, you got to be able to run the full field and it's, it's not, it's not made for everybody. And so there's, there's going to kind of be that break in the two disciplines I find and, and tackles going to attack, attract tackle people, flag will attract flag people. And, and some people will, will go between both disciplines is, is because they're because of what, what the positions they play. Um, you know, a great a great tackle quarterback could be a great flag quarterback. No no reason why not. Um, you know, great flag receiver, great tackle receiver. It's just uh, just one of those th- one of those abilities. Um, but you know, it, it's uh, it's always easier to, to build non-contact. It's a it's a smaller uh, number of players. It doesn't cost as much. You don't need a you don't need a, a full sized field. You don't need uprights. You know, so some some countries where we're, we're we're involved in now, you know, they don't they don't have football uprights. That's not an easy thing to get. And so the the growth of the of the uh, of the flag game is much easier. And um, not to say that not everyone's everyone seems to kind of want to play tackle, but it's the, just the you know the economy of of scale that you have to look at if you're going to get down the road of, of getting a tackle league and wanting five or six teams in it, the cost is, uh, you know, a hundred times more than what it would cost to, or maybe a thousand times more than what it would cost to be a, to be a flag. It's more of a burden, burden on cost, basically in a lot of senses. Um, um, we're talking to Richard McLean here, uh, president of the IFAB. And so um, Richard, tremendous changes in the organization. And now it's sort of like we're moving forward. Uh, Vancouver is success on the women's game. And we're talking primarily, we have, Eleventh uh, really being stressed in Mexico now with about three major leagues. You got the WNFC in the U.S. You got WFA in the U.S. Uh, you got WWCFL in Canada. The Maritime in Canada. Uh, we have another uh, league probably going to spring up in Ontario in that area. Um, so in the women's side of things, can we foresee maybe a North American championship with those three countries just to, to launch at some point? Yeah, I think that's um, that's a, a real uh, a real possibility, and you know, to to me, it's it's uh, it's just getting getting the the, uh, the people that want to do it. You know, it's almost it's almost right. like uh, it's almost like we we've got so many irons in the fire right now trying to build things. Build things. We need we need help from people that that are out there wanting to uh, take things on and wanting to bring up some some suggestions and bring up some ways to do things that. Uh, that are that are affordable and that we can actually manage. You know, we, we've got right. uh, so much so much um, potential to to uh, to build. It's just it's just to get those building blocks in place and to have to have people in the right place that are willing to to help and willing to do things um, for the good of the sport. And and that's a you know that's a tough that's a tough challenge for for the you know we are an, we're an international federation originally recognized by the Olympic Committee and we're volunteer run. 
Um, we don't have a paid employee. Uh, we, we basically do this as all people that are that are uh, you know doing doing other jobs and, and working other jobs and, and, and doing this for the love of the game. And um, you know we're, we're kind of, we're kind of stretched to the limit. And it's like well, if we can if we can find people with some some, some ideas and some ways to make things happen, it's a, it's a, you know a possibility. Um, and that'll be something that'd be great to see. You know, it'd be great to start doing some real some real showcases of of how good female tackle football is in, in North America and how and how much it's growing around the world. You know, and and it's just uh, sometimes you just got to get that showcase out and get somebody with that kind of that kind of leap of faith to 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 want to do that and want to and want to uh, put the effort into it and, uh, and and get the ball rolling. Um, yeah, I think how it's closely, uh, Richard. How closely do you work with the Mexican Federation, Football Canada, USA Football, in that sense, what type of relationships do you have as the umbrella? Um, so they're all they're um all those all those groups are, are obviously members of of IFAP and uh um work quite quite closely with all three of them. I think uh probably the probably the uh the, the two closest are obviously Football Canada and USA football in, in North America. Uh, the Mexican Federation is a little um, more, a little stronger, a little more, a little more um, difficult to, uh, to to reach sometimes. But uh, but they always come through when 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 it's needed and when it's when it's the time for a tournament. Or they they seem to always always be ready to be there. So it's um it, it's it's one of those things. I think they're they're dealing with uh, such massive growth growth in the uh, in Mexico that uh, that they're 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 stretched very thin with their with their volunteers as well. Uh, but when you look at Football Canada and, and, U- and, fo- and USA Football, they have a, a professional full-time paid staff, and so it's a lot, lot easier sometimes to to get you know answers and to have uh, easy conversations with them. Uh, Richard, successful two World Championships, Vancouver, and then we had the one previous to that uh, in Europe for the women's side and, and, and other things. Um, we do have, you know, two leagues in the U.S that have been prominent for over, you know, went one league for over 10 years, which is the Women's Football Alliance. And then you have the, uh, the WNFC, which is the Women's National Football Conference. that just came on board last year, um, hooking up with Riddell, Adidas, and making moves there. So is it something of a conversation with those two front-running uh, leagues that maybe can assist you guys into, you know, getting the women's game on the IFAB scale? Um Yes, I, you know I think that from from the, the the leagues that are in the United States would, would uh, should have a have a have a conversation with USA Football and, and get something on the radar or or with me and mm-hmm. and, and you know uh, Scott Hallenbach at USA Football or that's that's no uh, no problem if that's something that they that they're they're wanting to do. I mean the players are all Team USA comes from those um, from those leagues quite a quite a few of the players, so it's uh, it's not uh, it's not anything that wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, what do you would, think of Canada, uh, Richard? Football Canada has been very good program almost every championship. You know, have been second place, coming close. Uh, they've gotten to a level where they are the number two in the world technically on the women's side. So, uh, can you speak to you know your time in Football Canada and how impressive they've been able to maintain the program? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, for for a program that kind of started a decade ago, to to uh, to some, maybe more than a decade now, almost 20 years ago, I guess, starting the starting the programs. Um, so I'm getting too old to say a decade anymore. It's it's just uh, 
you know, <laughs> I, I, what I found, what I found from, from watching, you know, 2010, 2013 to 2017, the the quality of the game, you know, and the quality of both, both, uh, you know, in the finals, both both the Americans and and the Canadians, um, was just night and day. If you had, if you would have done a, a film of, of 2010 and put it next to a film of 2007, you you probably could have thought you had 30 years in the difference. Um, you know, and, and and the acceleration of the game has, has just gotten to the point where, um, you know, it, it's a it's a great product. To, it was a, you know, 2017 World Championship was a great product to watch. You could you could you could watch that on TV. You could have a, cra- a crowd that you know was was there in the stadium, and and people had a great time. It was a it was a really good event. And so, you know, to look at you know 2021 and think, um, you know, that that, that could be. Wow, that could be another uh, amazing, amazing event, and I'm kind of, you know, looking forward to, to that to, to, to say that that's that's exactly what happened. You know, we're going back to Finland, and and uh, it's uh, it should be uh, it should be a, an awesome event. It's fundraising now in the works. Uh, is that something you guys kind of stress now for everybody, or do we do we wait until the the roster and Everything is set for for yeah. fundraising purposes in terms of the federation. Yeah, that, that is that is one of the biggest stumbling blocks we have with with uh, with with our teams and our world championships for tackle. It's it's you know re- realistically you should be fundraising now, and it, it, it almost like you know the the, the 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 group or the the um the, the core players should almost be should be picked uh, or should be at least a kind of a, a pool of players. And and the fundraising it should start because if you if you wait until um, next year it, it just puts people you know having to raise thousands of dollars uh, each um, and, and the ability to do that is 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 very difficult. So I, I would always I would always stress that you've kind of had a pool of players, you've had some camps, you've had some some invites and some open camps, and you're kind of getting that pool, but you're also starting to to look at you know what are the op- op- opportunities to fundraise. Uh, and how can and, and how can we make this as as easy for the players? Uh, obviously, we, we don't have huge government sponsorships. We don't have uh, you know revenue coming in from from major sponsors um, currently right now, and, and and it's just it's on the players. And so when we talk about you know we want to have more uh, continental championships, well if it's it becomes well is the same player going to pay one year for a continental championship and the next year for a you know, two years later for a world championship, and and how are we going to, how is this one player going to afford a constant, uh, you know, a couple of weeks of football spending a couple thousand dollars? Um, then you know what's happening to to the game and who are you limiting it and and, and who are the athletes that can afford this? And obviously that can't continue. So, um, you know, part part of what our, our strategic plan is is to is to get some um, some strategic partners and. Um, and have some revenue coming in, having some ability to to help fund athletes going to world championships, and that's part of the uh, that's part of the plan because we realize we can't just keep adding more and more games and more and more tournaments and, and expect people to keep paying for that. That's that's just not going to happen. So the the fundraising is key, and then the organize and that's where the organization comes in, and you know who your players are, you know kind of who maybe there's a pool of a hundred players, uh, and and you're going to start working with them, and they're going to work as a team. Uh, only so many are going to go to a championship, but as a team, you, you have to look at what we're doing 
and how we and how we can fundraise as much as possible and get as ready as, as ready as possible for a world championship. So. Richard, is this one of the biggest challenges for you to take over such a huge, uh, you know, organization that encompasses a global scale? Yeah, even more so. Like when you had Football Canada, you have provinces and stuff like that. But is it any more difficult, yes. or is it, or is it more, is it more uh, challenging at this point because you got to coordinate more? Or right. So the, yes, this is much more challenging. This is much. This is much, uh, much more talking about, uh, you know, about <laughs> a lot of times it's just just uh, um, legal issues and 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 policies and procedures and. And, and and who's and who's uh, doing what in what countries and who is, is starting, you know, football. When you come from uh, 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 as president of Football Canada, Football Canada has been around for over a hundred years. Um, many of the many of the provinces have had football for over a hundred years. There, there's no really, um, you know, new influx of of, of uh, groups that have never played football. So it's it's a very uh, well established organization. Some of the some of the executive directors from from different uh, provinces in Canada, have been in their jobs for 20, 30 years. They, they, they're, they're, you know, very well versed in everything that's going on. And then you're starting out with, where when you go to IFAF, and you're starting out with maybe three quarters of the countries are, are, you know, in their first decade of playing football, and some of them are in their couple first years of playing football. Um, the, the issues and the challenges are, are are just that much greater. And of course, we have all the language uh, barriers, and the time barriers, and, so, and, and the time change differences, and and. Uh, and expectations and laws in different countries, and so it's uh, it's been a it's been a huge education, uh, you know, spending and talking to talking to uh, uh, people from from all around the world and and and, and seeing their 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 views and seeing their uh, their uh, their reasons for playing football. And their, it's it's been a real um, real eye opening experience, and one that I, I wouldn't have had as just as president of Football Canada because we we were all kind of in the same boat uh, there, and, and and everyone of course. Had their own opinions and their own differences, but we didn't see people that you know just started playing football or just started, you know, or were struggling to try to have a football field. You know, that wasn't, you know, necessarily an issue. Um, the issue was to have more football fields, not to have your first one. And so, um, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a it's been a great learning experience, and it's been a great uh, uh, eye opening to, to meet and get to know and get to know people from uh, all around the world. Um, and have a common common goal and, and try to work on that goal together. I think that's been it's been uh, a very 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 positive, and, and I hope the next uh, the next few years are, are the same. Richard, what's your uh, vision and for the for your stay? Is it just to get it to that level where it's you know the sponsorships are here, the the both sides of the both sides of the coin, the men's and the women's games to be relevant internationally. I mean, what's what's your vision as when you took over here i know you had to patch it up and get it back you know running forward again yeah so so my first my first vision was just to survive the uh the first couple years (laughs) right and and kind of of reunite the federation and and get things back on track again and then to uh then we spent the last kind of year and a half preparing our relationships with uh with the with the international olympic committee with uh, the you know world anti-doping, with um, with the, the global uh, you know, sp- uh, international sports federations, um, and 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 other sports federations, um, and, and now it's looking for kind of like the next uh, you know the next five years of positioning ourselves to get into multi-sport games, 
to to you know let be, make a serious run at uh, at uh, 2028 Los Angeles um, with 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 uh, with uh, flag football and look at getting into um, you know and making a serious effort at getting into the Pan American Games as as well and I'm talking male and female of course and uh, you know and that's and that's kind of positioning ourselves to 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 get um, you know to, to work with our partners to work with the NFL to work with the CFL to grow the game internationally and to put um, footballs in the hands of, of, of women that that, that want to play the game, you know, and that's and that's really, you know, if my tenure as president here, we could we could actually accomplish some of that or, or most of that. It, I would be uh, I'd be very happy, and uh, and we've we've done a lot in the last few years, and and you know, as a as a again, we're we're one of the few um, volunteer organizations. Um, we just had a. Um, an external review done of our organization um, by a partner of the IOCs, and uh, we came out very, very well. And, and it was shown we had we had a huge improvement um, in our in our structure and how we were running things and how we're doing things. And the fact that we were on a we were a volunteer group, uh, we, we we scored at uh, uh, way above our average, um, and that was even including groups with uh, with uh, a couple of uh, full time staff and uh, and a budgets of uh, Ten times more than ours, so so we were pretty pleased, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, in the next uh, in, the, in the next little while, we can we can manage to to build ourselves uh, enough of a profile to to attract some 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 good sponsorships opportunities and and move it forward even more. So that's kind of where we are. Do you get any support from the NFL, CFL, any grants or anything you can request from that? I mean. Is there anything that, or USA Football in general, or Football Canada? Is there, is there anything in that nature that you have to go within that route for, like sponsorships or networking? Um, right, right now we, we are we are in talks uh, with both uh, the NFL and the CFL over some some partnership opportunities. So we currently, no, we in the last in the last uh, probably five or six years, we've received no uh, no no op- no help from. Uh, from either from either the NFL or the CFL, and then you know, in their in their own defense, they were kind of as we as things were getting uh, you know fractured in IFAP, they they backed away and said, you know, until you guys get your host in order, we can't we can't be be helping right. either any helping you, um, and so that was you know one of the key things of of getting our own host in order in order to to move forward to actually put ourselves in a position where somebody would actually want to help partner with us, you know, and that's kind of where we are now and. And we've had some 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 very productive talks over the last few months with uh, both the NFL and the CFL about uh, about doing just that. So it's uh, you know, we haven't heard a no yet. As I said uh, in, at the Congress in in London uh, in November, uh, and and uh, Damani Leach, who's, who's the the, uh, the the VP of uh, uh, NFL International, he spoke at our Congress and then talked about a you know creating a future partnership with IFAF. So so that was very positive. Richard, um, in Canada, you have three different levels. Pretty much, you got maritime, not as a big a league in terms of the women's game. Ontario is trying to launch a region with my uh, with uh, MIFA, and then you have the Western Women Canadian Football League, that which is a staple. It's been a staple for almost, I think, ten years now. Um, yes. So, in terms of Canada, I mean, they have done a really good job in the Saskatchewan area, the Alberta area, and very impressive in terms of 
even the 18th slate, you got Saskatchewan Valkyries, the Regina Riot, uh, pretty intense rivalry on maybe on a, almost on a similar level of any collegiate uh, rivalry that you would have in Canada in terms of the, co- the college scene. So, um, have you have you seen that? Are, are you keeping eyes on that, or how do you monitor that? In other words. So, for, for, uh, actually, since I ha- since I haven't been part of Football Canada, uh, you know, other than just a just a, a member of, still a member, <laughs> but but I have I haven't. Uh, I haven't done much other than just watch it on on social media and see what's going on and realize they have, they're mm-hmm. having a their their national championship is coming up I think in July early August or July and mm-hmm. and that's gonna you know that's gonna be a, you know and that's a, a standalone event and that's a, a very secure event now so it's a, it's um, it, it shows that the growth of the, and the competition is is increasing and I believe that there's a, a team Atlantic going. Uh, Going there, I just saw that there was a the head coach of Team Atlantic was uh, named. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's uh, you know it, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I kind of uh, when I was when I was president of Football Nova Scotia, we started we had our first uh, female tackle team um, in the mm-hmm. Maritime League, and and so that was uh, you know and that was uh, we worked uh, we worked probably for almost a year in order to find a, a coaching staff and to kind of build the the, uh, the numbers and 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 then launch that, and that was a that was a great uh, first step and. And uh, and now to see that the, there's a there's a, there's national championships run regularly. It's a, it's a, you know from from where it was to where it's where it is and to where it could go is is a, is is a, a huge step forward. And and again the 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 quality is is what I um, really really appreciate. And that, and that's and that and that's a true true you know it's a it's a good game to watch. And 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 when you watch when you watch. Uh, you know the, the the world championships and 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 you see how and you see how how amazing the, the quality is and the plays that are going on and the hitting and the blocking and catching running tackling throwing and it's like it's like the, this is just a this game is just taken off there's athletes that are real athletes that are playing this game and uh, and to me it's it's uh, something that that uh, that we have to be proud of and that's uh, and that's really it's really come out of uh, you know, nowhere in the last in the last couple of decades, and and now is to have something that that's uh, um, huge, hugely uh, uh, enjoyable to watch, and, and 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 the talent on the field is is evident, and uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm very very proud to be a very small part of this. And then you know, Richard, Mexico showing up in Vancouver, you know, wasn't even going to get there. There were funding issues, everything. And they take the bronze, so it's a really impressive performance, uh, you know, from a, from a, a program that wasn't even a true program yet, and they showed up. And now it, it is completely a passionate drive for the next championship in Finland. I can tell you, you know, talking to everybody down there in terms of players, coaches, and even the federation, uh, they are so mm-hmm. stoked that you know they're looking for silver and gold, and then that that's how right. their drive is right now. Yeah, well, uh, they, they they may get there. They, you know, it, it's uh, it, it when you, when you have a kind of when you're kind of growing your sport, and it's a, it's a it's a new sport, and and you can have that influx of athletes, and you could have, you know, in in one year, a couple of years, to have a half a dozen more af- great athletes come and play, and just and just change your whole team, uh, you know, very quickly, and that's and that's some of the things that that can happen 
uh, with a new sport and sports that are that are growing in popularity and and you see some if it if it starts to be built um, if you have a base in a in a city of you know 10 million people uh, you can easily pick up athletes very quickly you know and we look here in Canada where we're trying you know we're sometimes thousands of miles separate players on teams and it's and and it's uh, it's much difficult to get them together it's much difficult to uh, to, uh, to 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 work and to practice you know it's kind of the like the uh, like the Pan American women's team in flag football when they won the world championship uh, four years ago, uh, you know they were able to practice all the time. They were basically from Panama City. They whereas you know Team Canada, Team USA were from all over the all over the countries. Um, and same with the European countries, they they weren't practicing all the time. And these guys and girls practiced uh, together regularly. They they knew what they were doing. They had some great athletes. They had some some uh, some ladies that had trans transferred that had actually played. Uh, on the national volleyball and national basketball teams, um, so that the team attracted some great athletes, and 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 then you can really you can really build a program very very quickly when it, when it's a new a new sport and a new and a new outlook on things, and then you get you get the interest involved with from your from the community from athletes in the community. It's a it, it's it's a way to do it, and I think you know Team Mexico has has that drive, and the Mexican Federation has the ability to to put together uh, to great teams. You know they they've uh, uh, on the uh, on the men's side, they've beaten uh, they've beaten uh, t- Team USA in the in the U in the uh, in the Junior World Championships in the men in the men's side, and uh, you know it it, it 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 can happen. It uh, you know any. I can tell you all the girls, all the girls in Mexico right now. It, it's kind of like a fire burning in there. It just that, that's it. That, you know they have already tasted a bronze medal, and right. they don't want to go lower than that. I mean that's and the coaching staffs. I mean they have they're having uh, intern not international but inter inter country uh, you know tournaments for scoping some of the talent like in Monterey and in all the areas in Mexico like three different areas in Mexico so they're having like national championships but on a scale of what IFAB would have on a world skate stage so they're really serious about it and the federation is really supporting that so that's a good, it's going to be great for competition as you're saying. You come to Finland, you got the Staples, which is Sweden, and you got you know the British now coming on board. You had uh, the Finland squad, and now all of a sudden you add USA, Canada, and Mexico to the mix. I mean that it's going to be a great tournament. It is. It, it is. It's there's no you know there's no other way that it, it's kind of you know it's kind of like some of, some of the most competitive uh, sport you're going to see. It, it's uh, it's it's um, Highly under underrated, highly undervalued right now, and it and it's you know it's going to be up to, to us to try to to get the spotlight onto this because it's it, it, it's just um, you know the the best football players in the world are playing this in this in this tournament you know in our world championship and you know we can't say that for for our men's tournament we can't say that for our men's flag tournament but we can say that for our women's tackle tournament we can say that for our women's um, flag tournament we have the best players in the world playing these. And these tournaments, and 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 to me, you know, we we have to be able to highlight that better. We have to be able to work with our partners. We have to be able to get people to see that that um, that this is going on, and and, and then, you know, obviously get it get us on to to uh, we have you know obviously we, we would put them on the internet and stream them, but you know let's get them on some some TV channels and let's 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 get out some you know some some real uh, some real publicity here. And I think that that's a uh, that's part of the next uh, steps in the next uh, few years and what will happen. And, you know, hopefully with the, 
with support of the NFL and the support of the CFL, and then you know, hopefully others will come on board. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to do that. And that's, to me, uh, essential to the growth of the game uh, internationally. It is getting the exposure and getting and getting people to realize, oh my gosh, this is a this is an amazing game. These uh, these these ladies are are, are dynamite. They're 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 they're, they're athletes. We gotta we gotta see this, you know. And that's to me is when you when you spend some a few minutes and watch the uh, what goes on in the field and, and you watch what goes on and, and, and how hard these ladies are training and, and how and how serious they are, uh, you know, they are right there with the men. Not no no different at all. And 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 sometimes uh, it, it's even a it's even a it's even a better game to watch. And so the intensity um, level for for, you know, elevating their games is always uh, – a lot of the coaches always tell me um, on the female end of it, they're more receptive and they receive everything and they want to know why, and that's that's how they get better and they improve on every aspect of their game, which is because of the fact that they really want to be the best player, that, you know, for themselves first, but for the team as well. Right. Right. And, 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 I, and I, I would agree. It's uh, – you know, uh, for for coaching, it's it's uh, it, 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 can, it can be a, a lot e- a lot easier, a lot a lot uh, a lot more uh, players are a lot more receptive, and uh, the ladies the ladies want to learn, and and they, they they don't you know, in in my experience, they, they don't you know have huge chips on their shoulders, they don't think they're the best things since sliced bread, they they want to learn the game, and they want they want to improve, and and now that we we you know we're, we're increasing the number of female coaches. Increasing the number of female officials, increasing the number of female administrators. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a, a female president uh, of, of the uh, you know the, of the British Federation, of the Irish Federation, of the Swedish Federation. Um, yep. You know, uh, you know, the executive director of Football Canada, uh, Shannon Donovan, who I've worked with for years. Is, you know, is, is, she's been there. Uh, it, it's you know, it, it's it's just uh, you know, we see female officials in the in the NFL. You see female coaches in the NFL, female coaches in the Super Bowl. It's like you know, all this is coming together, and 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 uh, and we're reaching a critical mass here, where the the sport itself it, it should take it should take off, and it should it should be highlighted in the in the in the in the in the in the light that it needs to be. And I think that that's you know, in the next decade is what we're going to see. And I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy, and I really appreciate you. Um, we had a lot of uh, our fans, uh, a lot of our followers on our our podcast, but, and also on our social media sites, uh, ever since everything had changed and on IFAB and they just wanted for me to reach out and get you on here. They really wanted to, you know, hear the voice of, uh, the IFAB president and, and the vision it for the women's game on both the flag and the tackle. So it's a very entertaining conversation with you and candid. And also the, the fact that, you know, you, you have this drive, like you said, to get the, get the sport to another level. I think everybody's going to be really happy to listen to everything you said today and really be confident about, you know, the goal to get it to, and, uh, you know, the Olympic stage at some point, even if it's on the flag stage, it's still going to be huge. And and the fact that you're doing all this work uh, with every continent. Uh, and so we, we applaud you for your laboring and we really uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, standing out there and trying to get the, the, the women and the girls to, to the next level. Well, thank you. It's a uh, you know it's it, it's it's not just me, and I can't do it alone. And I and I do need people people helping me, and and we have uh, people around the world, and and uh, you know it's it's uh, 
it's one of those things. It's a, it's a long, uh, you know, it's a long, uh, it's a long season. It's not a, it's not a quick win. It's going to be, it's going to take a lot of, uh, of hard work and some luck and, and hopefully uh, people coming together uh, to, to build this. And I think that, you know, right now it's, it's, it's huge possibilities. And, and, and the, the best thing we have is that the athletes on the field are, are getting better. The, the teams are getting better. And, and the product is, is, is amazing to watch. So, so I'm very excited about that. Richard, have you guys tried to do like GoFundMe's and crowdfunding, crowd ra- you know, all these other methods to fundraise and stuff like that? Do you guys ever ponder that besides the major sponsors and stuff? Because I know other organizations that I talk to try to do you know separate fundings and sources and stuff like that for uh, intake and stuff. Is that something you guys have brainstormed at all? It's it's uh, something that um, some of the teams, uh, the countries that I've been going to tournaments have have done. Yes, uh, I, I, IFAP as a group, we haven't we haven't done that. Um, just just because basically we, we come out of a uh, we, we leave that kind of that to the teams and to, to fund their their costs to go to the to go to tournaments. So we we actually as a, as IFAP have not have not gone to a GoFundMe GoFundMe route or anything like that. No, it's uh it's just one it's just um, you know, part of us, part of what the, the issue we would have is that we're coming out of countries where, you know, I'm coming out of Canada and, and Scott Hollenbeck is, is the vice president of IFAP and he's, he's in the USA. So if, if we're trying to raise money in Canada, and the United States and our, and our teams are trying to raise money, it would, it just would be a, it would be kind of a conflict of interest in who, who would, who would raise money for what and where. And, uh, and so we leave that kind of to the teams to decide. To, you know, to, 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 to do. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Richard, thank you for making the time. Mm-hmm. I look, uh, look forward to another chat in terms of, you know, when the uh, women's world championships comes about in Finland, mm-hmm. we're all stoked and excited. Uh, we cover the sport, you know, wall to wall, continent, continent, no different, uh, anywhere else, but we're very passionate about the women's game and we cover everything mm-hmm. you know, from every continent. Our network's so huge. So, uh, everybody was asking me, "Hey, we gotta get Richard on, get her, get Richard on." So I really appreciate you making the time and your, uh, from your busy schedule to uh, give us the vision no, of what you're, uh, yeah. you're striving for. Yeah, no problem, anytime, and uh, uh, I always love to talk. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. Happy okay. New Year, and I look forward to uh, uh, the IFAB tournaments coming up here on the men's side as well. So it should be exciting times. Oh, for sure. There's always things going on. It's always a Always, it's always a growth and growth and progress, learning progress. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a great, uh, safe travels and okay. a great night. Good night. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. There you go. That was uh, Richard McLean, uh, IFAB president, and we uh, literally labored for almost a year to get him on. Uh, and as he said before, he was doing a lot of stuff internally, legally, and everything else that you can think of. He oversees probably the largest amateur, uh, you know, umbrella in terms of uh, football in general, um, next to the NFL and the CFL, which are pro. But overall, I mean, does it a lot of work. He's done a lot of work previously to Football Canada in his stay there. And, uh, you know, you guys heard it here. He's looking towards the opportunity to grow the women's game get it to another level of, of awareness and also put together, you know, some great tournaments uh, on the women's side and starting in Europe and then maybe working way over to the North American swing. So that's still in the works at this point. So sponsorships are needed. As you mentioned before, 
Um, he's hopeful that the NFL and the CFL will come through with some sort of funding and grants, uh, Football Canada, Football USA, uh, et cetera. So still uh, a lot of laboring on his part. But uh, thanks to him, we have IFAB as one again. And that was uh, kind of a you know broken puzzle in the last couple of years here. He's kind of put a Band-Aid on it and secured it again. And going forward, his goal is obviously to get American football in the uh, Olympic stage. So it's going to be really exciting to see that get to see the flag and the men's and the women's side on the Olympic stage. And hopefully at some point we'll get to see both the women's and the men's on the Olympic stage as well. So she's shooting for Los Angeles, I think 2028. Uh, so if you guys haven't gone to the shop, go to the shop at face uh, uh, at uh, Zazzle.com for slash great iron beauties at the no joke football shop. And thanks again to Nancy Guerra for spotlighting our leggings out there on our story. Check it out at the facebook.com for slash no joke football brand. And uh, thanks to her and all the other talented athletes. And then if you guys want to check out everybody that we're sponsoring, uh, we are happy to announce uh, Dana Zyke from the WNFC Los Angeles Bobcats as our newest no-joke football athlete for 2020. And she's going to be really stoked. Uh, You get to wait and stay tuned for the amazing gear that she's going to be spotlighting. And hopefully she's going to have a great season like she's had in the past two years. Uh, formerly with the LA Warriors and now with the Los Angeles Bobcats. Bobcats, pretty cool, pretty cool team. Last year, uh, stayed in the hunt. Looking forward to a better result this year to still realm it within the uh, Falcons and the Elite Spartans, all those bunch in the WNFC 2020. So check it out at the Facebook.com forward slash No Joke Football on our brand site. And you can always go to Instagram as well, Instagram forward slash No Joke Football or check out our Instagram at Gridiron Beauties on Instagram as well. All right, so uh, pretty pretty good show so far, and we are going to keep it, keep it going with another huddle. And today we have some great news that was just this past week. And if you guys haven't listened to the news, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, and you can listen to the exclusive podcast that is launched by Becca Fernandez for the 2020 season for the uh, Seattle Majestics. And that is the uh, uh, best kept secret in sports. And you can uh, actually subscribe to it on any platform as well. So Becca Fernandez introduced us to you and give us the insights. And now we got an opportunity to bring in uh, one of her co-hosts and also the CEO of the Seattle Majestics. And that would be the talented Cindy Butts Howden. How are you doing, Cindy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, just got great. a chance to talk to the big guy in IFAB, which we were chasing for yeah. a long, long time. And so I was listening. It's good to hear great. the news that, uh, you know, he's working on trying to get the women's, uh, you know, the flag and uh, the women's tackle on another level. So that was good news. Yeah, I, I would love to be a part of that. I think that that's wonderful. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's really made some changes, uh, put the IFAB together. You know that, you know, it broke up and now we have it as one. Hopefully mm-hmm. the NFL and the CFL will We'll hook up with funding that will make it even more uh, feasible for him to put more women's tournaments on the flag side and on the women's tackle side. So uh, mm-hmm. talking to him off air, uh, he's really hopeful that they'll come through in terms of Football Canada, Football USA, and the Mexican uh, Federation. Hopefully they will also come through and help out. Um, hopeful for a North American championship just to spotlight all the yeah. best talent in, <laughs> on this continent. That would be amazing. There's quite a, quite a few on this continent. Yeah, and a majority of the players here are, you know, in terms of uh, this is 
if you look at IFAB in a women's sense, this is the best continent in terms of, uh, you know, athletes. You got Mexico, yes. bronze medal. You got Canada, silver medal. You got U.S. So that would mm-hmm. be a really good uh, way for them to spotlight uh, the tackle side on the women's side in terms of like a North American uh, championship. So that's what he's working towards right now. Well, we're getting there. We're all getting. I think we can all say we're we're getting there every day. <laughs> we're a little closer. Cindy uh, saw the live broadcast, the announcement. Uh, it's kind of unique to put a nice uh, lion with some green eyes. Anticipation <laughs> teaser. <laughs> yeah. I saw that on my newsfeed, and everybody's like, hey, they're, they're announcing something new. And I'm like, what is it? And they're like, look, it's the lion with green eyes. I'm like, okay, this is a teaser. This is a, now, now you're having my yeah. attention. That's all it takes is a lion with green eyes? Okay, I like that. I got my attention. You got my attention. I was like, <laughs> I was like anticipating. What are they going to announce here? You know, it's like, uh, and that just it was just kind of great. Good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was it was a team effort, but we finally got to the point where we wanted to get to, and I'm I'm so excited that it finally happened after all these years. Cindy, uh, the secret sauce, and that comes in a round table pizza as well. But apparently, <laughs> you had a coaching change, <laughs> and you had. Uh, a great big announcement in terms of players. Um, I know transition is in the organization from what I've, you know, discussed with other players and as, as well as from, you know, Scott and everybody else. Um, so mm-hmm. is this, this is a, a kind of a shift for you guys in a lot of ways, right? It is, it is a shift. And I think we needed it. I think we were at a point where, you know, a lot of the vets were just kind of going through the motions and they wanted a little bit more. And it's, it's time to start giving people a little bit more. We're, we have the talent in Seattle almost every season. We find a way to make our way close to that championship. And I just think we need a little bit more fire. So we made the head coach change. Scott and I talked about it. And I think that Taylor's going to do a great job for the team. And I, and I think it definitely helps when they don't have to pay any players fees. That, that's something they certainly look forward to. Okay, so that right there, totally like clapping, everybody's cheering, right? And then everybody uh-huh. goes around, how did Cindy do it? <laughs> it's like, that's literally <laughs> how everybody – that was great news. And I was like, how – what's the formula? That's really what everybody oh. – all the other WNFC teams are probably – when they saw, they heard all that, they're probably thinking the same thing I was thinking. How, how is it? What? Where's the formula? Well, Cindy did not do it alone, <laughs> and it's been. <laughs> I can literally say it's been about seven years in the making. You know, when I when I joined the admin and team of the team right after I retired from playing, it was Scott and it was Matt who was also our CFO, and the three of us have been the admin of the team for about seven years now. And from day one, sitting together in a meeting, we said we're going to get this team to a point where there's no fees and eventually to the point where we pay these pair, these players to play. So seven years later, here we are, <laughs> we finally found a way to do it. And, and unfortunately it doesn't come through the big sponsors like you think it will. And it doesn't come right. through all the little sponsors like you think it will, because people just, they don't believe in women's football yet. We're getting a lot of hoopla, but they still just, we need more believers. So we kind of went our own way and we used, um, we have our own, a private equity group that we've formed, the three of us with a a bunch of other LLCs and we invest in properties and we decided to start investing in pizza. And we decided that the funds from the pizza would sponsor the Majestic. So round table pizza is one of our properties that we invest in and they are sponsoring the Majestic. So we went a completely different route than anybody else would have thought to go, (laughs) but we got there. So, 
so that's a you know that's a true business model because we've talked about it in the past where it was more of a recreational nonprofit fundraising, right? So this is more mm-hmm. of a true business model, and now you're self-sponsoring the the team with the player fees, and customers are actually paying for the players to play. If you want to look at it mm-hmm. that way, right? If you look at it that way, yeah, absolutely. We are still technically a non nonprofit. We any money that comes in goes right to the team for travel, you know, right. for gear, for referees, all that stuff. So nobody's making a profit. We're not making any money. The coaches, the admin staff, it's, it all goes right to the team. Uh, but we just had to figure out a way to pay for a $70,000 season, which is never easy. Right. You can only sell you so many that. season tickets. <laughs> no, it's, it's tough. I mean, we talked about it in the past, you know, we've every, I think everybody that's, been in the tackle game with the women's side in terms of the organization sense it, it is a struggle because you have to do funding you have to do a lot of creative mm-hmm. things to get it so uh how was that received i saw the video but was that mm-hmm. received uh previous to the video i mean was that something where like are you kidding me Cindy? really no yes you know like <laughs> that kind of question <laughs> i i i got i had the pleasure of watching all their jaws drop and and that silence that you hear right after we announced it was was pretty authentic. They were just in shock. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought that was going to be the announcement. I didn't think that was going to be the announcement. When you put that uh, lion with the green, I was thinking, okay, new unis, or they're coming up with some <laughs> sort of you know different create. You know what I mean? Just something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Announcement, but nothing financially. But uh, this blows this blows my mind, and I think uh, you know to you guys as a credit. This is a great moment uh, to mm-hmm. try to kind of Thank you. marry that across the WNFC, uh, standing out that way. And I mean, for the player, like you said, you're you've been a former player. You know the struggles in terms of the finances mm-hmm. and through a season oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's so hard to just be so passionate about a game and work a full time job just to pay for that game and not have mm-hmm. any money. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I, I it breaks my heart every season when people with so much skill have to drop out because they just can't pay. And now they don't have to worry about that. And I just, I love that. I want to give these players this opportunity to not worry about that, to just get out there and play football. That's what we want. Cindy, uh, if you would have told me as a player that I'm not paying, my players fees are being paid for and you turn around and said, Hey, you got to just pay for your travel costs. You know, I would have just said, not a problem go to Vegas, LA, get away from the weekend for my job. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of a trade yeah. in a way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and luckily we still have time to raise the money for that. We, we need about 20 to $30,000 still to raise if we want to cover all the travel. If we can't, then the players have to pay for their travel and they understand that. But if we do sell some season tickets or if we do have a fundraiser, that money will go into a bucket for the team and we'll start trying to pay a little bit of travel here and there, which will be nice too, because that's, again, less they have to worry about. And I may have made a crazy announcement that if the team's able to raise 20000 I would tattoo the Majestics on my bottom. So that's out there, and maybe they're a little motivated now. We'll see. <laughs> okay, well, you're you're our number one fan for 2020. You have to be the number <laughs> one fan for 2020. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. It's like Jenkins didn't make it happen. Dillo didn't make it happen. But Butts made it happen. I mean, this is great. 
Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We have a great organization. We really do. We work hard for these players. We always have and we always will, and it's so exciting. It, it was just such a great moment to be able to say that. I, I can't even tell you how wonderful it felt to see that zero up on the screen. After years of putting 750 $850, $950, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, a credit to you and, uh, and the, you know, the trio there for doing it. Um, you know, you guys are just awesome, and I'm pretty sure the players are going to appreciate it uh, a lot more as a season. I mean, to have one full mm-hmm. season to pay no player fees, just like we mm-hmm. had last year, no forfeits in the WNFC. You know what I'm? It's just, yeah. It's just, it's it's kind of like a trend where we're, as uh, Odessa was saying, we got to build one block at a time and then kind of stack it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And get better at each block so that you can yeah. get yeah. to that next level. Yeah. Yeah, and and OJ from uh, the WNFC has been nothing but supportive of us. She's so excited about this announcement. She thinks it's a, she knows it's a big deal herself, and it makes the league look good too. And and this league is working. The WNFC is the best thing that has happened to women's football in a really long time. So the fact that we're a part of that league and we get to share this with that league that also makes us really happy. Cindy, um, you're part of a podcast too, podcaster as well, um, My Gay Life, right? And all of a yes. sudden, uh, Rebecca, always creative, uh, just mm-hmm. love that girl. Um, I love so now her. We got I the love best, her, yeah. The Best Kept Secret in Sports podcast, mm-hmm. that's what I listen to it, and my staff's like, hey, it's, they're detailing the stuff, and so mm-hmm. she was kind of like, you know, teasing it all out and everything else, um, so what do you what do you say about that in terms of the uh, documentary that you guys are going to be kind of like uh, chronicling your team for the 2020 season? You know that it it kind of just came about. We were literally recording my gay life, um, and it just we were talking about football because that's what we do. And she said we need to we need to be documenting this. This is a this is a big deal in women's football to have no players fees and then to go and switch head coaches in the same season. You know, we had a lot of vets leave. We now have the team in Oregon, so now we have a nice I-5 challenge again, so we're really excited about that. And a lot of players went down there to see what's new and what's going on. It's like the shiny new team. So we definitely lost some people, and I will tell you, after the announcement, we got quite a few of those people back, which I'm so happy about, because they feel the excitement out now. They believe in us again, and they know that this organization really wants to do this. So it just felt like a good energy and a good time to document this. This could be a make-or-break season for us. I think I said – I forget how he said to Becca, but I said this is either going to be a flop of a season or it's going to be the best thing since Rudy. So why not document it and see how it goes? Well, that's great news because um, it's just going to change everything for 2020 in terms of the Pacific West. Um, can you talk about the schedule Talk to us about the mm-hmm. schedule and how it's going to impact for this season. Yeah, our schedule, uh, specifically, we play Oregon twice, obviously. We're going to play San Diego in San Diego and at home. And we play Vegas in Vegas and Utah at home. So a lot of good rivalries there that we've had before. We love playing San Diego. And we love playing Utah. You know, we're, we're, we end our season at home with Utah, which we are so excited to do. I cannot wait for that game. Um so I think it's good that we have a nice fresh schedule. Our travel isn't as extensive as it was. We have a game that we can drive to and everybody loves to go to Vegas because it's not expensive and San Diego. We love going to San Diego. So I love watching Kenji and her team grow. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about the rebellion this year because I feel like they're going to be really tough and I think we're ready for them. 
it's the Utah one that always gets us, right? That's that's kind of the monkey on our back that we have to get through is the Utah one. And then, of course, Oregon. You know, let's see what they can do in their first season and make it a good rivalry. I think if we can give the fans a good rivalry, that's going to be amazing. Cindy, do you feel like I'm, I'm just totally blown away at the fact that every team in this league has complete, you know, total business passion in, in a volunteer mm-hmm. sense, but also in just a professional sense, you know? I mean, look at, look at the rebellion setting the standard for broadcasting mm-hmm. and putting it together yes. in year one, right? Now you guys, mm-hmm. here you are setting a standard for player fees on in terms of a different model to get the player fees. You got WNSC presence at the uh, Super Bowl, you know, mm-hmm. during the, the Adidas things out there. So it's just the it's just impressive the fact that everybody's drive is so so passionate, and at the same time, staying within one one umbrella for the branding sense, which is to get the branding front and center. Because I was telling uh, Elizabeth when I interviewed her, you know, when you're watching the broadcast for the Rebellion, right, as a normal fan. You were watching mm-hmm. it, and then the first question is, what's this league? If you were just watching yeah. it, you didn't even care what the team is. You just say, what is this league, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just the branding itself to stand out, and, and that is impressive enough, you know? Yeah, and, I, and you know, like I said, the, the WNFC really is the best thing to happen in women's football, and I think it comes down from the top. They put together a great board. They put together a great executive committee. They are dedicated to getting this out there and not just doing it slowly. They want to do it right, and they want to do it quickly. And they're not shying away from anything. And I think that their passion, they're bringing teams into their league that they feel have that passion. If you don't have that passion, they're not going to bring you into their league. They want people that are going to work for the teams and work for the players. Because this is the way women's football is going to go. We have to move in this direction. We have to make a presence at the Super Bowl. We, we have to get our name out there and get Adidas sponsored. This is what we need to do, and this is what we've been missing for so many years. So, yeah, I think you're right. All of all the teams in the WNFC, we are passionate. We have a business model. We want the players to succeed, and we want to get out there on the stage so everybody can enjoy women's football. And if, if we didn't have the passion behind the league, I don't think the teams would be working as hard as we were. They hold us to a standard, too. They don't just say, oh, here's your schedule. Go have fun. We'll see you at the championship game. They check in all the time. There are emails. There are messages. There are phone calls. It's, they are on us to make sure we're doing our job, and that just keeps us honest, and I think that works. It, it definitely works for the teams because there's no way to go but up from here. Cindy, is it because everybody is like a, a business owner or a small business owner in a lot of sense? Because we talked to Odessa, and everybody is treating their teams as a business, a small business, and success is, you know, or in other words, failure is not an option. It's really the attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely fair to say. And we're, there's a lot of people on the, you know, whether you're an owner or you're a CEO like, I, like myself, we come from the business world and we have that mentality of you've got to get this done. You've got to get it done right because failure is not an option. This is a business that can't fail. This is something that has to go on for generations and that's what we want. So it, it definitely helps that we do treat it like a business. Now it, in terms of the West, what a, what a, an amazing season last year, right? Between yourselves, mm-hmm. the Bobcats, between yourselves, the rebellion. Yeah. Um, I can tell you right now, uh, that's probably one of the that was the best football maybe at a at a high level high school level and then you added into a D one D three mentality 
because it, it was that impressive. You know what I mean? The, the level of football mm. between the squads, the rivalries is what I'm looking forward to in 2020. The fact that we have rivalries oh, yeah. now from the first year, uh, the fact that you guys are not standing off from, you know, the, the Bobcats or the Rebellion, the Rebellion really standing out there as well. And then Vegas with Dion Lee now in the mix, mm-hmm. that's going to make it a, a lot more impressive in terms of the, the, the team in, in Las Vegas. Um, so the changes in the offseason is what I'm getting at. It's, it's kind of given us a nice perspective in terms of what's going to come about for 2020. And, and if it's going to be as good as the first year or even better, uh, this brand's going to just go to another level. It's definitely going to go to another level. I mean, this is exciting. Just hearing you say it back to me is exciting, and I'm involved. <laughs> so I think you're absolutely right. That first season, we got everything established, and now we know where we're going. We know what we want, and everybody's going together. And and, and in the end, what I love, I really love about uh, the San Diego team is we have a great rivalry with San Diego. We always have. And to just be on the same page with Kenji, at the end of the day, when the game is over and we're hugging in the middle of the field, I mean, that's that's what I love about this game is we've all played together at the world games. You know, we've all been through this together. We've either played or coached. We've all been on the field together and it's just such a wonderful feeling, but man, do we get intense when it's game time? (laughs) Those rivalries are just going to explode. I think it's going to be a great season. And we have, you know, we normal names in terms of, we had no idea what athletes names. And now we have an opportunity Mm -hmm. in year two to really, you know, put out names out there in terms of defensive players, special teams, you know, just Mm -hmm. in other words, bringing it out no different than the NFL would to try to spotlight, not just the team itself, but try to put up some, you know, some players out there that are impactful that we can, you Mm -hmm. know, enlighten folks about that people want to come out into the stadium and see. Um, The, the one thing that we stood out out here on, on our end, because, you know, we just, we're just covering the sport on a, on, on a back end. But the one thing that really impressed us was really not just the broadcasting you know, like on the Rebellion, but the fact that it was mobily streamed and everybody can mm-hmm. watch it. We're not, you're not dependent. Um, when we talk to Odessa, the goal is, is really not to try to bring in you know, butts in the seats technically because we're in a new era. It is a, it is a necessity still, but if you oh, can yeah. do some sort of other revenue streaming, it just makes it more, more better for you know, business sense. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, because think of where all these women come from. You know, I'm from the East mm-hmm. Coast. I used to play with the Sharks and with the Liberty Bells. My family's all in, in, you know, Pennsylvania or South Carolina, and they want to watch these games. So now they mm-hmm. have a chance to do that. And I and so many players are in that situation where they're playing for a team that's not really where they live, and their families want to watch. They want to be proud. They want to be the ones sitting on the couch wearing the jerseys, rooting on, rooting for their person too. And I think that that's the next step. We, like you said, we have to get these players' names out there because they are amazing athletes. You know, they, they just have so much to give. And we need to see our jerseys on the streets. We need to see the, the little girls walking around in, in an Adrian Wilson number nine jersey. You know, this is what right. we want. This is what we need. And the streaming is, is the best way for us to get there because it just gives us such a bigger audience. Yeah, and, it, and impressive work. I mean, like I said, uh, Nenji and and Katie have done such an impressive, which is a good model to follow uh, with the you know mm-hmm. the sort of logistics on it. And then yourself here with this creative events to have no player fees. I mean, that's just another building block. Um, you know, just I, I think in general, if you would have said everybody's skeptic, right? Just like two years mm-hmm. ago, we're like, okay, now we have the same 
the same thing we had every year since you know, since I've been covering since 2009, which is what uh, teams shift to different leagues, uh, a, a league collapses and rebirths, and and now we we're, we come into a stage for me where we're getting really serious about it on maybe on a level where it's uh, NCAA level, right? The organization. Oh piece. yeah. The fact mm-hmm. it's 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 more of a university structure mentality with each team on a community mm-hmm. level, you know that that kind of deal. Uh, so and we've never seen that before. Not that the WFA hadn't tried to do that before, but it just seems like it's a different animal here in terms of like how to guide the ship. Yeah, it's definitely a different animal, and I think you know there's a couple factors to that too. The WFA has been around for so long that they just they have teams everywhere. And I don't know if it's that they just can't structure it in a way that they can market it well, but they never really got excited about it. They just kind of ran it from behind. They just said, here, we'll, we'll give you a league. We'll give you some, a schedule. We'll put some things together for you. And they just kind of ran it. You know, it, it, was, it was the good old standby. But we really needed someone to take it to the next level, to literally shove it down people's throats and say, women's football is here. This is what what you want to see now. This is the league that's going to get it done. And if anybody has that mentality, it's OJ. If there's anybody who wants to get this done, it's OJ. And she's going to get it done, and she is getting it done. And I think it's the caring factor. It's the caring about the teams and the players and wanting the best for them. It's not about her, and it's not about the admin staff. It's about the teams and the players. That's what it's about. And when you make it about them first, you are going to – you're going to – you're going to have so many fans. You're going to have so many players that want to play for that model. And it's just going to grow. It's going to be the best league out there. And I, in five years, I cannot wait to see where this league is. I'm so excited. I wish I could just fast forward right now because we're only going into our second year and look at all these amazing announcements that we have and all these crazy sponsors we have. This is pretty amazing. When you get paid in cookies, that'll be real. When they bring you that cookie box and <laughs> your, <laughs> your monthly cookie box, you know what I mean? I'll take the cookie. <laughs> I'll just say it. Uh, but, it, you know, but it's fun because I was in Vegas uh, for the Hall of Fame game, you know, and out there mm-hmm. and everybody, uh, Utah Falcons administration, WNFC presence, um, the fact that it was, you know, streamed by the crew at the, uh, the Rebellion crew, um, just, just just so promising. In other words, that's I think that's the only word I can use right now. It's it's just yeah. promising the fact that it's it's so – uh, to a point where, like, we're we're a different m- method that I would have never seen in years past, but now it just seems like this can happen. You know, it's just really the the answer you can say this this probably can happen. Yeah, I, I think probably it is happening. It's, it is happening in the second season. It's happening. So you wait a couple more years. This I, I really hope that one day we just get to a point where there's just one league. Because it's so confusing for so many people. And I think we all just need to come together and say, let's just do this right. You know, let's just do this for the sport and for the women who want to play. And what I also love is that, you know, the Utah Girls Tackle Football League, let's get one of those in every city. Let's start there. We, we've got to grow this game together. And I think we're, do, we're heading in the right direction. We're doing it right. There's so much of a bond with these women. Like I said, playing in the Hall of Fame games and you know, playing in all-star games and playing in the world games and for Team USA, we're all friends. We all get along. We all appreciate each other. Uh, so we all want the same thing. So let's not wait any longer. Let's just do it. And you know, let's follow on the tails of Katie Sowers. She, she is anybody, got our name out there this year. 
now people are paying attention. Let's not drop the ball. All right. So, Cindy, let me tell you something. Uh, as as we are in the background and as fanatics as we are for social, on our social sites, um, mm-hmm. the wish list. Let me give you the wish list that is direct message to me, to me all the time. Mm-hmm. If and when the WNFC gets the best team on the planet, which is probably the Boston Renegades, the DC Divas, the Slam, and the Vixen to the WNFC, that will blow everybody's mind. So there's still hope. There's still transition. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. I'm telling you right now, that would be a game changer because it would be a game ultimately, <laughs> right, you would have the top five already and then you add to the mix there oh my god so anyways uh, a lot of work to be done still but congratulations to you uh to scott and everybody on the uh, majestics uh what a great news uh like i said eye-catching for us to to see the lion with green eyes and to expect what is this is it gonna be the new unis or what are they coming <laughs> up with and just to come up with no player fees i mean that's just uh huge um and yeah. something that maybe can be transitioned to every team uh, in, in that level. And it's just going to make the league a lot more uh, attractive for uh, athletes to come and play. And obviously the level of play on the field, just with that barrier taken away, is going to be even mm-hmm. better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and you know, some of the players that were stepping away because they've been doing it for so long and it's your body takes a beating and you have to pay so much money. They're thinking, you know what, let me come back for one more year. What do I have to lose if I don't have to pay, right? If I can get my body back up to speed, let me do this another year. So we're seeing people, you know, we're getting the phone calls and emails, and we're like, yes, you are welcome. Come back. Let's do this together. Let's enjoy this together, especially the ones that have played for so long. We've got, you guys deserve this, so let's do mm-hmm. it together. We're very excited. And, and like I said, you know, Scott and I made a big decision for him to step down and to bring Taylor in. The Majestics have a, a new feel this year, and, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So that's that's why we have uh, the best-kept secret. <laughs> the best-kept secret is probably <laughs> ideal. Go Fernandez. Look at her. Um, yeah, I know. So love, love listening to her. She's got such a cool voice. Uh, for yeah, I love working with her. She's, she's so amazing. Yeah, no, she's, she's, she's brilliant. Um Mm-hmm. She's a nerd like I am, so nerds yeah, are great. She is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a nerd on a uh, clown. We make a great team. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got you got to have a clown in every aspect of it because it, it then becomes boring. So that's how yeah. usually I have co-hosts here too. Then Mackenzie exactly. is our salty one, so I got to have somebody in here to rattle. Absolutely, um, I agree. So, Cindy, uh, what are we expecting for 2020? We got this huge news: no player fees. Um, your expectation is obviously the championship, right? To get to New Mexico, always, uh, always. you know, and uh, mm-hmm. try to get to that stage and hopefully, you know, be at the final. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, top five squad, you guys have always been durable in both leagues with McCarran yeah. at the helm. Now we got a new, new shift. Um, mm-hmm. so a lot of, a lot of expectation, I guess, or is it higher expectation with the coaching change at this point and all the changes you just, you guys just announced? It depends on who you're asking. If you're asking me, I always have high expectations of this team because we always find a way to get it done. And we stick to our beliefs and we stick to our structure and we stick to wanting to win that championship. But there are a lot of people out there that are thinking, oh, the Seattle Majestics, their time is over. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to prove them wrong because I feel like we can, we can field a team. 
we can put anybody out there. We can bring in new people. We can bring in the vets. We're going to field a team, and we're going to we're going to make an impact on the league. So uh, all I can say is for 2020, sit back and watch. You are going to love what you see, and I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. All right. The moment you beat Utah is the, the stage that we're going to be like, Cindy <laughs> is for real, right? The moment we take down Utah is the moment we're going to go, now Cindy is real. It is uh, like no player fees, and she took Utah yeah. down. Sorry, uh, yeah. Coach, out there in Utah, you know. Coach Rick's not going <laughs> to I might have that. to retire <laughs> if that happens. I mean, when that happens. Oh, my gosh. I might have to just Rick, end it there Rick, and say, Rick's I'm, not going to allow that, of course. But. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely on the he's bucket always, list. He's always on point, so he's not he's not yeah. one to give a give, uh, get, get an L, pretty much. He's not used to L's. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. He's not used to many L's. Yeah. We're going to earn that one, that's for sure. We're going to earn that W. <laughs> All right. Um, so t- the travel, the schedule looks pretty pretty unique. Like you said, it's a California swing schedule for you guys, um, and mm-hmm. then Vegas as well. Um, so you did so well. So quarterback changes, roster changes, I guess those are forthcoming in terms of who's going to be on the roster. So we should get the, oh, that yeah. information from what, March before the, yeah, before March the 6th, season. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, March 6th is oh. when the league locks the rosters. So people can move around yeah. any way they want until March 6th. And we, like I said, we have more calls every day. So we're excited. And, yeah, we have a quarterback change. So stay tuned for that as well. <laughs> I know McCone, uh, Julie retired, or as far from what I heard, so one of the exciting, talented players that you know always oh, yeah. been there. So, um, but uh, yeah. you know what? You got it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure Adrian's coming back, right? Oh, she's coming back. She's ready. She's ready to do this. All right. Well, that's what we need. Yeah. Uh, so now, now we got to get names out there. Like I said, our, this is the year two goal. Like I told Odessa, we got to get names out there. You know, and just try to put a name to each team. So that, that mm-hmm. people can draw to one person, you know, it's just yeah. it's the way it has got to be. Um, no different in any other sport, right? Any other sport, it's driven by one person. Look at Kansas City, Mahomes. Absolutely. One name. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. got to get to that level <laughs> where people want to come see one name, and hopefully exactly. that you know that draws everybody in. So, uh, Cindy, always entertaining, uh, chatting with you, and uh, and it's <laughs> Thank just, you. This is awesome. I mean, uh, I was tickled pink, and when I saw it on the on the live uh, Facebook live, uh, mm-hmm. I was expecting like a uni, a uni, you know, announcement <laughs> upgrade. Well, I mean, uh, and then yeah, there will be new uniforms but, oh, and no player and no <laughs> players fees and the yeah. players fees got my yeah. real big attention. I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. And thank you so much. I, I love talking with you. I love being on your podcast. It's so much fun to listen to. So thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Majestics 2020, here we are, um, just about to, you know, elevate to another level, and uh, the growl and the the kingdom starting to get That's to right. a, you know the action level. Uh, we're looking forward mm-hmm. to the battles. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know you guys battling the rebellion, as you said before, our rivals right there, and then mm-hmm. Vegas. I, we'll see what Dion Lee can muster up, and see mm-hmm. how he can change the culture there, and of of course the Bobcats. That was probably the best game out of the season, I think, if you want to look at it for the launch in that week one with you, you mm-hmm. guys and them in that close battle oh, game. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, it was good, but it was also devastating when we lost our quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, of it course. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, the overall picture was it was a very yeah. competitive matchup yeah. and really good football yeah. on both sides and very competitive defensively on both sides. So 
hats off to everybody on both sides to just making it happen. All right, mm-hmm. so looking forward to the best-kept secret in sports. Uh, you can subscribe to it on every platform pretty much, Spotify as well, iHeart, Apple. Uh, we'll be linking those as well on our uh, at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. And, uh, Cindy, anything else to add? Uh, you said rosters lock up on the 6th, so between now and mm-hmm. then, any uh, anybody interested in sponsorships and things like that where they can get a hold of you guys? Yeah, they can always go to our website, the seattlemajestics.com, and hit the info button or our Facebook page, and somebody will get back to you. We, we will welcome sponsors and keep an eye out for our new campaign coming out for raising money for our travel fees. And I think that, uh, if anything, people are going to be excited to maybe give money to that just so they can see me get a tattoo at the end of the year, which I'll do it. We get $20,000, I'll do it. So I'm, I'm excited about it, <laughs> I think. Hey, I'm not why sure not? Yet. <laughs> you, do you need another tattoo? Um, I have about eight, so why not? Let's just let's just keep why going. Not? Just, just add <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? It's it's always fun. All right, uh, exactly. Cindy, thank you for coming in, making the time. I know you're busy, busy, so get some rest and uh, uh, look forward to the chatting. I'm I'm marking it down on my calendar here. See if we can get together uh, after March 6th, so we can kind of detail yeah. what the roster is going to look like and things like that. Uh, kind of interesting to see who's going to be on the roster. You know, kind of impactful yeah. players things that the Rebellion and the Stars and, and the Bobcats have to watch out for. So that will be pretty interesting to kind of discuss. Yeah, I'd love to come back and talk about it. All right. I appreciate your time. Uh, say hi to Becca for me. Um, obviously, I sure will. Great job there as well. And then uh, look forward to 2020 with the WNFC Seattle Majestics. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thanks. All right, you guys, that was Cindy Butts-Howden, uh, CEO of the Seattle Majestics, WNFC 2020. Wow, what uh, great news for players. No players' fees, getting creative here, and they're going to be announcing their roster on March 6th. So really, really exciting times in Seattle. New coaching change, completely revamped roster. As she said, some veterans are going to come back because of the fact there's no player fees. Why not come back? So pretty exciting times in Seattle. Uh, and the WNFC in general. So great job there. We're going to be detailing some of the uh, some of the things as we go forward next week. Uh, we also have WFA uh, teams. We do, we detailed the Boston uh, Renegade schedule last week. So we're going to go into today the uh, runner-up of the Tier 1, and that was the Cali War schedule for 2020. The WFA has stepped up in every aspect of the schedule in terms of their Tier 1 teams. And this is going to be a really good year to watch the WFA in evolve. Um, they just got hooked up with 11 sports. That was the big announcement this past week. You can get the details at the Hub if you missed it. Go right there to the Hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Get the lowdown weekly of what's happening in the sport. You get to see what's happening in uh, the U.K., in Spain, as well as in the realms in terms of in-between uh, off-season notes, like in Mexico as well and in Canada. So um, the Cali War, formerly LA Warriors, um, they've lost the final two years in a row to the same squad under two different names. Uh, so Boston Renegades looking for three-peat this year. They have taken care of the LA Warriors the year before that and now la- last year of the Cali War, which is a similar team basically, and so this year, Cali War stepped up their game. They get the revival, rebirth, the return of the Sacramento Sirens. We have no idea what the Sirens are going to look like at this point. 
Uh, we have no idea, so we're trying to reach out to them and kind of figure out what they're going to look like for the 2020 season. Uh, Cali War plays in Manhattan Beach, California, which is a great facility there at the high school. And so the, the schedule is on the map. They get the Arlington Impact once again, uh, and they also get the um, Nevada Storm, which up elevated to Tier uh, tier 1 here, I mean Tier 2, and then Minnesota Vixen uh, as well, Tier 1. So Vixen, Storm, and Impact on their schedule, really cool schedule that came up with Cali War. Three of the former teams that were very competitive last year in the playoffs as well, that's going to be interesting. We have no idea. The question mark, of course, being the Sacramento Sirens. And that's going to be a great, um, you know, question mark in terms of how well they'll do um, and how well they'll fare. And then they also get the Phoenix Phantoms uh, in week one. So the Cali War schedule uh, is going to be a lot tougher than it's been in previous seasons when they were going up against D3 teams or Tier 3 teams. Now they're really going up against uh, the Tier 2 uh, elite teams from last year which is the Storm, the Vixen, and the Arlington Impact from D1 as well. So pretty pretty impressive schedule in terms of the WFA for both the Boston Renegades. Last uh, podcast, if you missed it, at 306. Uh, you can go back as far as 304 and kind of recap all that as well. Um, you can get us, uh, the podcast anywhere, pretty much on every platform. Uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, you can subscribe to it as well on any platform. Listen to it whenever you want. Okay, so... This is what we're going to detail next week. Next week, we're detailing the St. Louis Slam schedule in the WFA, and then we'll go forward with the Detroit Dark Angels schedule. We'll knock in ourselves into the Nevada schedule and then the Orlando Anarchy as well. So the top six teams in the WFA of last year, 2019, we're going to kind of go through and kind of analyze that schedule. But Cali War schedule for 2020, Phoenix right off the box. You've got a road trip to Sacramento in uh, the middle of April. In May is when it heats up, and you're going to get Arlington Impact, Nevada Storm. Nevada played the Cali War very tough last year. Uh, looking forward to that rematch. Arlington uh, played really well, too. So the uh, month of May for Cali War is going to be interesting to see and to watch and how they fare and everything else because uh, Minnesota, Nevada, and Arlington come into the mix for them. So two road trips to Nevada uh, and another road trip to Minnesota, and they host Arlington at home. And then they finish up uh, at home against uh, Sacramento Sirens on June 6th. So really impressive schedule. Uh, like I said, shout out to the WFA again, once again, uh, for making a really good, decent schedule in terms of their high te- level teams. Um, this is going to be interesting to see as well. So uh, let's go into the women's news and notes that's happening. We've got XFL coming up on, this week on February 8th, so we'll kind of detail and talk about it on the next podcast in terms of of the game. Um, We saw um, Mackenzie here earlier in the hour. Um, She's going with the St. Louis Battle Battle Hawks. I'm taking the LA Wildcats and a lot of the co-hosts as well, San Diego uh, Seattle Dragons. So you can pick pretty much your favorite XFL team, see which one is more liking to you in terms of your region or which one you want to leech on to at this point. But that's uh, pretty impressive in itself. Um, Katie Sowers um, didn't get the win. The Niners kind of collapsed there towards the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, very impressive season for the Niners and also ultimately for her uh, as the first female coach t- to be in a Super Bowl. So it says a lot about her, her character, where she came from. 
And so we're looking forward to Katie uh, in 2021 in terms of, I mean, 2020 in terms of uh, if her team can return to the championship. Uh, she's done some great things there with Kyle. So now as a staff, they have to kind of rebuild and go from there. But uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they took care of business 30 to 20, and they went Super Bowl 54. I know uh, Brooke Leach was totally stoked. Um, she was she met Patrick Mahomes as well, so big Chiefs fan that she is. So that was good. So we'll pretty much uh, wish her well as well. Obviously, congratulations to the Chiefs for winning uh, their first Super Bowl in 50 years, which is a big feat. All right, uh, XFL 2020, as we talked about. The big news also was Kelly Bronson going to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Chief of Staff with Cleveland Browns under the new owners, new uh, uh, coaching change. Uh, we will see how impactful she was really helpful and impactful in Buffalo. Now we, we're going to see how she can be able to take, take care of the dog pound, see if they can turn the dog pound around with Mayfield and company. Uh, so if anybody can do it, maybe uh, here you go. Callie, this is a big challenge for Callie because if you can take uh, the Cleveland Browns to a level of the Buffalo Bills last year into a playoff mode, that's going to be so awesome. So awesome. All right. Um, FIFA 7-on-7 seven seven Feminina happening also in terms of the scope. So that's uh, happening in Spain. Uh, the LNFA Feminina 7-on-7. Seven seven. Black Demons uh, basically took care of business against Eon Mariner, 63-0. Uh, shout out to Christina Gomez out there, four touchdowns. Um, and then you also had the amazing uh, three touchdown passes by Miriam Mendez, three passes uh, for that, and one, uh, three passes on the TD and two on a run, plus uh, great uh, receptions, three receptions by Olga Saltillo, uh, and that was over in the Black Demons against the Gilan Mariners in 7-on-7 LNFA Feminina in Spain. Uh, Valencia Firebacks um, also took care of business uh, against the Hornets. I think the, it was 84-0. to uh, They take care of business, the Hornets. Uh, it was uh, Nicole Salazar, Dolores News, Marta and Alan Cantu, Natalia Alvarez, and Leah Serrano and company. Um, take, they take, take the win, 84-0. Badalona Drax, the surprise team of the season in Spain. After so many seasons of just losing, 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 we get back-to-back wins here by the Badalona Drax girls. And this year they've been very impressive, very, very impressive. So uh, fire the, the Drax girls – just really, really impressive at this point. So uh, Elena Laiva and um, Alba Gutierrez out there as well. And so 16-7 uh, was the uh, final score there. And then the ultimate, the last game was Berserkers, uh, 49-0 over the Osa Rivas. And that was the, the first win by the Berserkers. And uh, so they took up three touchdowns by Maria Susana Munoz, uh, Paloma Contreras with another two. Uh, and so they take care of business. You can get the details and the breakdown right there at the hub, courtesy of uh, Mr. Alfredo Pumazelva of the Berserkers and Lola Morales. That was uh, action shots from the Black Demons against the Mariners. Uh, you can always go to the uh, Federación Española de Football Americano on Facebook and get the update there as well. So really good, exciting times there. Uh, BAFA Sapphire Series as well as the tournaments happen there. We'll get the updates as well. Uh, and you guys get the update right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grenadiers. Looking forward to Gridiron West Bowl number three. That'll be the competition here. Last uh, weekend semifinals, 
It was Rottenham really taking the victory. Shout out to um, uh, shout out to the Vipers out there, twelve to eight, and Cassie Cubis out there doing it, multitasked player, uh, twelve to eight versus Perth Broncos, and then in the second game, Perth Blitz, eighteen to eight, taking care of Curtin Saints. So we have the final set in Gridiron West, and we are supposed to get a live stream, as far as I know. So we will get the link up as soon as it comes on. It'll be the Rockland Vipers versus the Perth Blitz. Perth Blitz have owned this league for the last uh, two years. Now it is uh, an opportunity for the Vipers to stand out or the Blitz to dominate and become a dynasty here for three wins in a row. So Blitz going for three-peat here, and the Vipers looking to upset as well. So that's going to be happening this weekend uh, at Gridiron West in um, over in Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay, America's Bowl announced broadcasters for the America's Bowl Honduras for 2020, which is going to happen uh, coming up here on March 12th through the 17th, and that's Yarda 20, one of our network partners that we work with in Mexico, and then Yarda 506. It's going to be running exclusively some of the action that's going to happen at the America's Women's Bowl 2020 in Honduras, March 12th through the 17th. And then coming up in events, it is South Beach Bowl, February 29th, happening over in Miami, WFA Team United will be taking on Team World, Lexfa Mitfa, uh, Mitfa uh, at, uh, at, in Miami on February 29th, 2020. We have the Women's Friendship Bowl in Mexico, February 6th this weekend through the 9th. We will get recaps and everything updated for you as soon as it finishes up. We're looking forward to the next event coming up, IWFA $10,000 Tournament. It is the best eight-on-eight teams invited internationally or domestically to Texas to compete in the I, uh, IWFA 10,000 tournament, and it's going to be March 27th to the 29th. You can get details right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties as well. Gridiron Australia announced as well May 30th through the 6th. It will have their national championships, and that's going to be scheduled there May 30th through the 6th. All uh, federations in Australia would be the West, Gridiron West, New South Wales, uh, and Victoria, as well as Queensland. All will roster up a national uh, province team, and they will compete May 30th to June 6th to be a crown of Gridiron Australia's national championships. Um, AFE announces International Bowl to Spain. That will be December 2nd through the 6th of 2020. So they'll be taking the squad, the uh, AFA Women's All-Star Squad, will go to Brazil uh, starting December 2nd through the 6th, so you can get ready for that. And then, of course, the Transatlantic Tournament will happen September 3rd through September 7th in New York, and that will be uh, combining WFA, uh, Mexico, Sweden, um, UK, uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams coming from all over, the, even Canada. So it's going to be Transatlantic Tournament September 3rd through the 7th. That's sponsored by the Women's Great Iron Foundation. And so that's the events that are coming up this next uh, this coming month, and of course as we look forward to the next uh, you know 12 months. And as uh, events spring up, we will make a note of it uh, week to week or biweekly as well. So it's going to be pretty awesome to do that. Uh, check out the article on our hub, uh, the Detroit Dark Angels. Uh, it was uh, they were spotlighted by OurDetroit.com. Pretty good article there. They are looking to get back to the final after losing to the St. Louis Slam last year in Denver. And so we'll look forward to see how they're springing up. There's also a pretty cool feature that was done on Spring Gable, 
um, a spring gamble uh, of the Renegades, and that was uh, done by Philadelphia Eagles. And she got some tickets to the Super Bowl, so check out that feature as well. Um, once again, if you guys haven't gone to the Hub, it's the place to be every day, every week. We have the best network on the planet covering everything to do with women's American football uh, globally and domestically. So I want to give a shout-out, as I do every week, to the best network on the planet, which is everybody that helps us out with information, videos, uh, still photos, uh, all the photographers out there that supply us with photos of the events and the uh, things that are happening in the women's game internationally as well. Uh, I want to thank uh, Richard uh, McLean of the IFAB uh, group, the president, Richard McLean, for coming in and making the time. I hope it's interesting for you guys to listen to him, kind of give us his take in terms of where he's going to take the women's flag and tackle um, side of things from IFAB. Looking forward to funding as well to try to get uh, to another level there for the for the ladies. Uh, I was looking forward to the relationships with the CFL, uh, USA Football, and the NFL to grow the sport and, and give us an opportunity to spotlight the amazing, talented women that play the sport on an international level. His goal is to get uh, IFAB to a, an Olympic status in 2028 is the goal, to have both men's flag and men's women in the Olympic realm, and then hopefully in the future – uh, able to get the women's tackle football on both sides as well onto the stage. All right. Um, thanks again to Nancy Guerra for uh, sporting our no joke football gear. I really appreciate it. Um, she was awesome. And she uh, sent us some photos and stuff. We spotlighted on our stories there. And then Cindy Butts uh, Howden coming in here, give us the, all the details on the big, big bombshell that happened this past weekend with the Seattle Majestics uh, having no player fees, and trying to reduce uh, travel fees as well. And that's one of her missions that she's working on right now. So that it's impressive in itself. It's never been done before technically in any, uh, pretty much any league. It might've been done with teams. So we'll see if this becomes a league wide type of endeavor, but even then it's, uh, you know, a lot of teams have done it in the past in terms of some teams play, have player fees or no player fees, but to have no player fees, being funded in some format, obviously that's a, we have to applaud that at any level. And so congratulations to Cindy and uh, Scott and everybody, the executive group at the Seattle Majestics for doing their part, and they announced their new coach as well. So check it out at Seattle Majestics Women's Tackle Football, or you can go to uh, on Twitter at Seattle Majestic, or you can go to Instagram Seattle Majestics as well. So you get the details there as well. All right, Adidas uh, ad featured the WNFC leadership, and obviously uh, Dr. Jen Welker at the Super Bowl. And that was a pretty huge moment for us as well, uh, just to have it there. And then you have the fanfare for Kitty Sowers all through the Super Bowl weekend. So really an exciting time for women's football in terms of that. Uh, the only downer was the WFLA event, the Celebrity Flag Football event, was canceled due to inclement weather. Okay, sources tell me not a problem, but that was – what was told to us in terms of the flyers so and some of the tidbits and videos that we saw from Ja Rule saying that obviously they could not play the game because of inclement weather um, at Gibson Park. I know the NFL uh, situation, they still played it. Uh, they were in Miami, the same thing. So a lot of questions in terms of why the cancellation at the last minute. We won't know that until we get more details about it, but that's probably the only downside out of the whole weekend 
is the fact that, you know, the WFLA was hyping this huge event with celebrities and all-star players and, and the players were ready to go. Everything was there. And all of a sudden it gets pulled at the end and canceled. So not a good sign um, for a league that was kind of building themselves as this higher level and, and expectations and everything else. So, um, we don't know the details until we get the details from that. Other than that, it's kind of disappointing that it was canceled at the last minute. Uh, so kind of a bummer. Everybody was expecting to be there. So uh, get ready for round three and round four of the BAFA Sapphire Series. Uh, shout out to Jody Davis photo out there for always supplying us some amazing photos, especially with the Birmingham Lions group. So it's really, really awesome week. And we couldn't be more happy for what happened this weekend, WNFC, Katie Sowers, uh, the whole women's football community was really stoked this past weekend just watching uh, the fact that we were being spotlighted. And then obviously the Utah girls tackled football um, league at the scrimmage at the uh, Pro Bowl last weekend as well. So pretty awesome. And some of the commercials were really awesome too. So um, we'll be back next week, 308, as we're going to be talking pretty much XFL 2020. We're going to be diving into the women's game schedules, which is WNFC 2020, WFA 2020 as we go forward. We're going to be talking some of the big-name teams uh, from last, from 2019, St. Louis Slam. We're going to be talking Detroit Dark Angels. Kind of diving into the rest of the teams as well, Nevada, Orlando, as we come into March. Kind of get you ready to get launched in and get ready for the um, season that's going to kick off on, in April 2020. WFA and WNFC 2020. As we get towards April, we'll start to dive into the WWCFL, which kicks off in May, and we'll kind of realm that way as well. So thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody that subscribed to us. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the subscribers on Spotify, on iHeart, and on Apple Podcasts. You guys have no idea uh, what you guys are doing, but subscribing to our podcast and not missing a podcast increases our listenership. It also allows us to bring attention to the women's game as well. And it gives us another platform to bring awareness to the sport. So if you miss anything, the links, anything that happens, uh, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash green beauties. And if you want to support the podcast, uh, go through our sponsor, zazzle.com. And you can go to the no joke football shop at zazzle.com forward slash green beauties. You can get the daily code there. You can save up to 20% off. So for the absent, uh, Holly Custis, Troy Wilson, and, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez here saying, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you here for 308. And looking forward to talking more Women's American Football as we get towards February and March as we come into WNFC 2020 and WFA 2020. Have a great night, everybody.